Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Well, we've got an awesome man of God who I always get blessed every time this man of God ministers. He's our very own youth director. Come on, help make welcome Brother Kavar as he comes and shares the Word. Amen. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come and we bless you again. You are worthy of our time. You are worthy of our attention. You are worthy of our focus. And so we give this offering to you. I thank you for choosing me. I thank you for saving me. I'm not worthy of any of this, but I'm grateful that your blood has made me a new person and given me a word in my mouth and fire in my heart to do what you want me to do. And so I'm thankful. I thank you for your nearness and your presence. And I welcome you to do what you desire. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So good morning, and God bless you. Thank you so much. I want to honor God, uh, my father, give honor to Pastor Eddie and Sister Melinda, our pastors, um, all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, greetings in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much um, for the opportunity to share uh, something that God gave me. Um, I want to speak to you today from the subject, and please write this down, God owns it all colon, time and eternity. Y'all not writing. God owns it all, time and eternity. God owns it all, time and eternity. I'm going to be a hallmark, lifetime, movie kind of guy until the day that I die. Based on the stuff that I watch, Netflix and Amazon probably think I'm an 11-year-old girl or somebody's grandmother. <laughs> Folks talk about Batman and Doctor Strange, and I'm watching stuff like A Christmas Prince, <laughs> A Christmas Prince 2, The Royal Wedding, A Christmas Prince 3, The Royal Baby. All of them are on Netflix. You can watch them this afternoon. Really good. Like, I don't know what y'all like, but... For me, there's nothing like watching a movie that's so predictable, yet so captivating. I mean, I know what's going to happen. The guy meets the girl. They think each other is annoying. But somehow they keep running through into each other. Somebody's probably wearing flannel. And eventually they like each other, but then drama happens, and then they hate each other. But then some wise old person says something like, when you find the one, you find the one. And the guy gets in a plane, flies, flies halfway across the country in a day, and tells the girl, listen, you're the woman of my dreams. They get married, they, they start snowing, and they live happily after after. There is no movie like a Lifetime or a Hallmark, Hallmark movie. But then the other day, I changed it up a little bit, and I watched Gladiator. Some of you might know it. It's about a Roman general who fights to avenge the murder of his wife and child. Of course, it's no Christmas prince, but there was some line in that movie that really spoke to me. At the opening of the film, the general Maximus is about to lead his men into a fight. And he tells them these words. Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. I didn't see a single cute cardigan in that home film, but that'll preach. What we do in this life echoes in eternity. It means what we do in time carries an impact beyond this time. Although right now is not permanent, 
it's nevertheless significant because what we do with this period will impact what is permanent, the life that happens after this life. Maximus's charge for his men to maximize their time is actually very good theology, and it echoes in the scripture. This is Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each person according to what they have done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. What we do with time matters then because one day God is going to evaluate if we were good stewards of the moments that he gave us. But here's why we can't base our gospel on Gladiator. Some people take this to mean that life is just one big timed test where God is just watching and waiting until the end of your life to grade you and pass you or fail you. That's not true. Others would glean from Gladiator that if you just do more good things than bad things, then you'll ace the eternity test and go to heaven. Also not true. Friends, those are the rules according to Hallmark. Those aren't the rules as it is in heaven. Life is so much more than a timed test. And in time, God is doing so much more than waiting to fail you. And it takes so much more than good works to spend eternity in heaven with God. So today, we're going to take some time and talk about time. Specifically, today, I want to show you that there's so much more happening around us in the spiritual world that is shaping what we do in time and eventually shaping where we will spend eternity. And what we do with what's happening in time, that's either moving us closer to eternity with God or further away from eternity with God. So I'm going to address the following questions in this presentation, you got to write these down. Question number one, what is time and why does it matter? What is time and why does it matter? Number two, what is God doing with all his time? What's God doing with all his time? Number three, what is the devil doing with all his time. What's going on over there? What's he doing with all his time? And number four, you guessed it. What should I be doing with all my time? Here are our questions one more time. What is time and why does it matter? What is God doing with all his time? What is the devil doing with all his time? What should I be doing with my time? Question number one, what is time and why does it matter? Time is a series of moments in which activity takes place. And it was created by God as an opportunity for us to see him and experience him. One more time. Time is a series of measurable moments in which activity takes place. And it was created by God for us to know him and experience him. The purpose of the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years, the seasons, 
is for you to know and feel the love of God. That's the purpose of time. This is Acts chapter 17 from verse 26 to 27. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. So time was created to be a period of recognizing God and discovering God in the highs and lows. God can be seen through the changing of the seasons and the beauty of his creation. God can be seen through his record of delivering us time and time again from the terrible things in our past, our present, and the things he'll deliver us from in our future. God can be seen through the web of people and events and answered prayers he has placed throughout our lives to convince us how desperately he loves us. Time properly understood then is not money. Time properly understood is not your master. Time is a period where God's divine activity is directed towards you. Time is the space where God gets to show you how badly he wants you forever and ever. Time is where God seeks to capture your affection and win your affection. And based on what you see in time, based on what you experience in time, you get to choose where you want to spend eternity. So the purpose of the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years, the seasons, all of it is for you to experience God, know God, and choose God right now. Let me prove it to you. Have you ever thought about what God is doing with all of his time? It sounds like a random, almost disrespectful question, right? Like, God, what'd you do today? But we know what a person values based on how that person spends their time. So I think it's worthwhile investigating what is God doing with all of his time? Now, God is eternal and forever. God exists outside of time. What this means is, before time ever existed... God was present. In every period of time, God is present. And if eternity had an end, God would be there too. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 makes this very clear. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. But not only that, but even though we see time moves and time wears on people and life events changes people's minds, the way they feel about you, the way they think about you, their strength wanes over time, time has no impact on God and his ability. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. What this means is when God says he loves you, he won't change his mind over time based on what you do in time. When God says he wants to spend eternity with you, he's not going to change his mind based on what you do in time. John 3, 16, very clear. God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Whosoever means anybody from any time period with any record of sin, with any consciousness of God, can believe that in the past he died in the present received forgiveness and now have confidence in their future that their future is secure in the Jesus who died in the past. 
He's the Lord of time. Only our eternal God can do a work that spans the length of time like that. But God's activity is not just limited to creation and the cross. What is God doing with all his time? I'm going to give you some verses. Psalm 73, verse 24. You will guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me into your glory. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What's he doing with this time? Psalms chapter 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in the day of trouble. What is God doing with all of his time? Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. What is God doing with all of his time? Revelation chapter 8, verse 34. Who is it? Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who is it? to condemn. Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding on behalf of us. What is God doing with all of his time? Psalms chapter 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Friends, this is what God is doing with all of his time and all of his time is dedicated to you in tragedy we ask where is God what is he doing this is what he's doing this is what he's doing God is pursuing you in this period God is pleading with you in this period God is providing for you in this period He's ready to intervene. He's ready to rescue. He's speaking to you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. He's seeking for your well-being. He's seeking for your salvation. That is what he's doing. And if you rejected all of this activity yesterday, he's doing it again today. That's what God is doing with all his time. Where is he? There he is. Psalms 136, verse 9. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercies endureth forever. That's what he's doing with all his time. It's all focused on you. It's all focused on you. God is trying to win your heart in time. But at the same time, the Bible makes clear that there's a battle going on in time between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven over you. While God's doing all this stuff, there's also a struggle going on in the heavenlies over you. Where the events of your lifetime are being used to either pull you closer to God or pull you away from God. Give you a a little bit of Bible history. According to Ezekiel chapter 28 and Isaiah chapter 14, here's what happened a long time ago. In the beginning, before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, Satan sinned in heaven. At the time, he was an angel, but he became proud and wanted God's glory and God's title for that, and God ain't have no time for that. So he threw him down to earth, 
stripped him of some of his power, and put him on a time clock. He said, you know what? Here's a promise. At the end of time, I'm going to bind you and your forces forever. Since then, the devil and his demons have been working against the clock, trying to get as many of us as possible to share their faith. Motivated by a hatred of God and the knowledge that what we do echoes in eternity, the kingdom of darkness is making full use of its time. So what's the devil doing with all of his time? First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walketh around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for you. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. This is what he's doing with all of his time. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 tells us he's the accuser of the brethren, complaining to God about you day and night. You know what he just did. You know what he just did. You know what he's just, that's how he's spending his time. Ephesians chapter 6, verse, uh, verse 11 and 16 tells us he's shooting fiery darts and devising schemes against who? Against you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That's what he's doing with all of his time, and his attention is focused on you. Friends, the kingdom of darkness has a hit list, and you're on it. Satan has a top ten list, and all ten of them is you. The devil and his team are scheming ways and distractions for you right now. He's sending you false friends and bad relationships, poison fruit. That's what he's doing with all of his time. He's trying to weaken you. He's trying to kill your children. He's trying to send death into your marriage. He's trying to entice you away from the presence of God. He's trying to interrupt your prayers. He's trying to distract you from coming to church. That's what he's doing with all of his time. And he's focused on you. He knows if you're hearing me right now, you still have time to repent. He knows that what you do in time will affect your eternity. So he's trying to get you to misuse your time. He's trying to get you to misuse the seconds, misuse the minutes, misuse the hours, misuse the days, misuse the years, misuse the seasons that God has gifted you to know him and experience him. The devil knows experientially what it's like to be in the presence and glory of God. And because he once enjoyed it, he wants to make sure you don't experience it. He's a hater. This is why he tries to distract you. You ever wonder why prayer is so hard? Why Bible, I just don't get this. He don't want you to experience the glory that can be revealed if you just persist and press in a little bit more. He knows there's so much more for you to gain if you just talk to God as a friend and stop treating prayer like a chore. He knows there's so much more for you if you just read your Bible as the very life of God being shared with you and not another item on your checklist you got to get done so when Brother Kavar comes, you can say, oh yeah, I read it this morning. He knows there's so much more for you if you just opened your heart to this preaching that he's like, hey, just what's the Christmas prince? Just focus on that. He wants you to have time away from the presence of God. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, years. 
so that you're unfamiliar with what God created you to experience in the beginning. And we call it, I'm just busy. I'm just trying to handle my business. Just trying to make a better life for myself. But anything that keeps you away from the presence of God is bondage for you. Anything that keeps you away from the presence of God is bondage for you, even if it pays well. Even if it's not like sin in the Bible. Even if it feels really good. It's taking you away from what you were designed to experience in the beginning, which is the very presence of God. Church, so here's, here's this is going to blow your minds, it blow mine. The devil doesn't really care what type of sin you commit. What he really cares about is getting you to use the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years, the seasons. God has gifted you to know anything and experience everything except for the love of God. He don't care who you sleep with. <laughs> he don't care how much you drink. He said, whatever you, it could be your pride, it could be your tongue, it could be your money, it could be anything. He's like, whatever it is, I'm going to hook you. Because he's spending all his time just trying to trap you with something. He don't care what it is. That's why we're doing ourselves a disservice when we rank sins. He don't rank them. He said, whatever, whatever bait, whatever bait works, I'm going to hook them and pull you out of the presence. He does not care what you do as long as it doesn't lead you to life. You could do all sorts of good in your lifetime. But if you make no time for God or the things of God, the enemy has captured your time and he's captured your eternity. So to recap, time is an opportunity to see and know God. God is active in time and he's pulling us close to him. But at the same time, the kingdom of darkness is active and it's trying to pull us away from God by making us too busy to pray, too busy to read, too busy to go to that life group, too busy. I just, I just ain't got no time. He's like, all right, that worked for me. Got you. I got your time, and so I got your eternity. Now, given everything we know about time's purpose and the battle that's happening for our time, we'll go to our last question. How should we be using our time? How should we be using our time? One scripture. This is Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 15 to 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, meaning carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. To say we are wasting time not serving God is a gross understatement. Our time is literally being hijacked. Our eternity is being hijacked by not spending time with God. This is why the Bible says you need to redeem the time. You need to reclaim the time. You need to take back your time. Redeeming the time is to recover it from possession or the power of somebody else. It's to know the best use of your time and use time towards that purpose. Redeeming the time means you are using time on purpose to fulfill God's purpose. What should we be doing with our time? Redeeming 
redeeming our time. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of our time? The purpose of our time, the best use of our time, is to prepare for eternity with God and live in partnership with God. To prepare for eternity with God and live in partnership with God. Time is best used preparing for eternity with God and living in partnership with God. The seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years, the seasons God has gifted you are best used in preparation for eternity and in partnership with God. This is how we redeem the time. Building God's kingdom in time and then preparing to live with the king in the next life. We cooperate with him here so we can reign with him there. Preparation for eternity, partnership right now. So what does this look like in the here and now? If you are preparing for eternity with God in the future, it means you spend time with God in the present. If you are preparing for eternity with God in the future, it means you are someone who loves to spend time with God in the present. You cannot be strangers to God on earth and friends of God in heaven. You cannot be strangers of God. I don't know what his voice sounds like. I don't, what's these songs? I don't read the script. And you want to be at that marriage supper? Oh yeah, Pastor Eddie, that was good. I want that. You can't be strangers to God on earth and friends of God in heaven. You can't fix it in purgatory. This is it. That's why he's so actively spending all of his time pursuing you. Because he wants you so badly. This is Matthew chapter 7, um, for verse 21 to 23. Jesus says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. He's in partnership. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. If we're going to spend eternity with God, we've got to spend the now with God. God, what do you like? God, what do you value? God, what do you think about me? God, what do you want from me today? God, what are you happy with in my life? God, what's not pleasing you in my life? That's the kind of work we do, but we want to spend forever with him. It's a preparation right now. And fortunately, if you're hearing me today, God has given you time to know him. Through this sermon, you're getting to know him. Through the scriptures, you'll get to know him. Through prayer, you'll get to know him. Through the fellowship of other believers, you'll get to know him. And what's even better news is that if you want to know him, you don't have to search far. Because he's already been spending all of his time introducing himself to you. He's like, it's about time you came to the altar. I've been here forever waiting for you. He's arranged for you to meet him in time so that you can spend eternity with him. Friends, the devil wants us to misuse our time. But please, shift your thinking. Every sermon, every prayer time, every time we read the word, every time we fellowship together, every morning we get a new start 
for God to meet us in time and prepare us for eternity. Please, use the time on purpose to fulfill your purpose. Because you never know when your time is up. God doesn't send people to hell. We choose to go because we don't want to prepare to meet him in heaven. God doesn't send anybody to hell. He spends all of his time preparing us for heaven. And we're like, I don't need that. I'm going to be good. Well, I'll see you. I'll see you on the evaluation day. Sisters and brothers, are you preparing for eternity or are you too busy? You're too busy preparing your house. Too busy preparing for college. You're too busy preparing for the new baby. You're busy preparing for marriage. All right, good luck. Because the evaluation is coming. And we need to be prepared. And God in his mercy is like, hey, I'm going to give you the study guide. I will guide you with my counsel. After which I will receive you into my glory. Not even evaluate you because you're going to know what I want. You're going to know what I value. You're going to know what I think. I'm teaching you that here. We're like, I don't need the study guide. I'll just cram. That's how we're spending our, that's how we're spending our time. I'm going to close with this. Time is best used preparing for eternity with God and the other part, living in partnership with God. Every day, I should be asking God, God, what can I do today to partner with you? God, what do you want to be, see done today and how can I help you? God, what do you want to accomplish in my home? What do you want to accomplish in my office? What do you want to accomplish in my path? And like, how can I be helpful today? It's partnership. Every day, what do you want from me? How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I be your hands and feet? Christians, we're not called to hang out until we get to heaven. The days are evil. And God saved you in time to be a light in the dark world. God has saved you in time to be a part of the eternal destiny of another person. It's not time to hide and complain about how bad things are. It's time to partner with God in the salvation of the world. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's for us. How do you do that? Invite your friends to church. Send them the link. Tell your coworkers about Jesus. Share your testimony on social media. Time is not about making money. Time is about being a disciple and making a disciple. Time is best used in preparation for eternity and in partnership with God. How are you using your time? Friends, ask God to evaluate your life. God, are my activities pleasing you? Are my relationships pleasing you? Are my desires helping me partner with you? Are they preparing me for heaven? If not, I'll change how I spend my time because it's thy kingdom come and every other kingdom got to go, even if it's mine. Sisters and brothers, I know we're busy people. I know we've got jobs and responsibilities, but you can't be so busy making money and making a living or building a career that you forget. Satan is trying to kill you. He's trying to kill your children. He's trying to kill your marriage. He's trying to kill your purpose. The kingdom of darkness is not afraid of your career success. They're afraid of your consecration. 
which comes from time in the presence of the Lord. They're afraid you're going to redeem the time and start preparing for eternity and partnering with God. That's what hell is afraid of. Today could very well be your last chance to get it right before you appear before God for that final evaluation. How do you want to spend the next few moments? You want to be in the study guide, learning what he desires so that he can enter, you can enter into his rest? Will you surrender to God in time so you can spend eternity with him? The seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years, the seasons God has gifted you are special. They are precious and they have a specific purpose. Don't let the enemy hijack your time and your eternity anymore. Stop letting the devil, the devil waste your time. If you are hearing me today, now is the time to prepare for eternity. If you are hearing me today, now is the time to start partnering with God. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Please bow your heads and close your eyes. God owns everything. He owns time and he owns eternity. And he has designed this moment right now for you to enter into his rest. He has designed this moment right now for you to enter into partnership and enter into preparation. I don't know how you've been spending your time, but we know how God's been spending his time. Surely goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Behold, he stands at the door and knocks. And if anybody hears his voice, let him in. That's, that's how he's spending his time. We know how the devil's spending his time. He's seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for the man, the woman, the boy, the girl, who right now is like, ah, that's not for me. He got you. He's looking for them, the man, the woman, the boy, the girl, who's more emphasis, whose emphasis is placed on their house more than the kingdom of God. That's, that's who he wants. There's a battle going on, and you are, the, you are the prize. You are the prize. But today, if you want to enter into preparation with God, it's your time. If you want to deepen, step into, begin partnership with God, it's your time. If you want to be safe today, I want to just invite you to raise your hand. That's the first call. If, if, if you're not a Christian and you know, like, hey, Brother Kavar, I, I hear you, man. I, I want to be saved. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Fantastic. I just want to be saved. I just want to be saved. I, I know the evaluation's coming, and I'm not convinced I'm ready. I, I just want to be saved. That anyone else who is now in partnership, you want to deepen your partnership. You know you haven't been using your time as well as God has invited you to. You know you can be doing more to reach others. You know you can be doing more to talk to others about Jesus. You can raise your hand now. If that's you, you want to do, yeah, excellent. Thank you so much. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. The Great Commission is real, right? Go into all the world, preach to everybody, tell them everything I taught you. If you're not preparing for eternity, if you got that on lock, you should be partnering with God. Fantastic. Now, if you raised your hand for either call, would you do something crazy? Would you step out into the aisles and come to the altar and we're going to pray as a family? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Excellent. That's right. That's right. It's your time. We know what we know what time it is. It's time to prepare. It's time to partner. It's time to prepare. 
it's time to partner. Fantastic. You can come. You can come to the altar. We got room. There's plenty of room. And it's your time to talk to God. It's your time to talk to God. And you can tell him, God, I want to be a better partner. I want to be a better partner. There are people in my life, there are people in my community who I know I haven't really been talking to about you. I haven't really been speaking to about you, but but I want to partner with you. God, you can use my hands. You can use my feet. You can use my time. You can use my energy. You can use my social media. You can use my money. You can use my youth. You can use my study group. You can use my everything I have, God, to partner. So if that's you, if that's your prayer, I want you just to talk to God. I told you he's near. He's close. So open your mouth and talk to your father. Father, it's my desire to partner. It's my desire to collab. It's my desire to reach people. My desire to be your hands and feet. And as God brings people to your mind that you need to reach, I invite you to also pray for them. God, remember my brother who is not saved. Remember my son who is not saved. Remember my loved one, my husband, my wife who's not saved. God, I thank you that I get a chance to partner with you in their salvation. Call their names before the Lord and talk to them. God is my son. It's my neighbor. It's my boss. They're not saved. God, I need you to save them. And you can use my hands, and you can use my mouth, and you can use my example. That's it, church. Talk to God. Call their names. This is your chance to partner. And every day you do it again until they're saved, until they come home. God, it's my neighbor. God, it's my loved one. God, it's them. I pray for them. Rescue them. Rescue them. Satan has them blind. Satan has their mind darkened, but God, I thank you that you are near to them, and you will rescue them as you has rescued me. That's it, church. Talk to God. There's a thought that says desperate times call for desperate measures. I told you what hell's agenda is, and you're on it. I told you what hell's agenda is, and your kids are on it. I told you what hell's agenda is, your family's on it. So saints, this is our chance to approach God. Desperate people needing him to do something that only he can do. You feel me? Something that only God can do. Some of us have tried to evangelize, and we've gotten tired of saying the same scriptures and using the same things. But God is telling us, hey, if there's still time, if there's still breath, there's still another opportunity. That's what he's saying, right? If there's still time, there's still breath, there's still another opportunity. So we're going to begin to pray to God that he does what only he can do. Are you with me? 
Think about your loved ones, the ones you know are on the verge of eternity without God. The ones we know are on the verge of eternity without God. And we're going to pray to the God of all compassion, the God of all comfort, who with, who with all his power can give us the victory again and again. We're going to talk to him. Okay, and we're going to name our friends, we're going to name our loved ones, and believe that at the end of today, we're going to begin to see the bondages of Satan break. Are you with me? All right, so let's begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are the God who delivers. We thank you that you are the God who sets free. We thank you that you are the God who is powerful, and there is no stronghold you cannot break. And so we come to you on behalf of our children. We come to you on behalf of our friends. We come to you on behalf of our loved ones. We come to you on behalf of our neighbors. We come to you on behalf of our enemies. Father, I thank you that it is your will that none should perish, but that all might come to repentance. And so, Lord, in agreement with your word, we partner with what you're doing. We partner with what you've been doing from the beginning. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that as you knock on the doors of their hearts, they will open to you. We ask that as you knock on the doors of their hearts, they will open to you. God, I pray for a softening of their hearts. May they not resist you anymore, but God, speak beyond what we can say. God, use life, use the events, use the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years, the seasons to proclaim your glory to our friends who are lost. And God, we believe that you are stronger than the blindness of the enemy. We believe that you are stronger. Your word tells us that greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. So God, we believe based on the authority that you've given us, God, based on your resurrection and life, we pray that you send the word to our loved ones. You send the word to our neighbors, oh God, and you cause life to come. I pray for prodigal son moments. I pray that our friends that are in the pigsty, their eyes will be open to where they are and they'll recognize they do not belong, but they belong in the arms of Abba Father. I pray for illumination that only comes from the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that hearts will be softened to you, eyes will be opened to you. I pray that you open doors, effective doors, for your gospel to be preached. We pray that it will go into our schools. We pray that your gospel will be in our homes. We pray that your gospel will be in our workplaces. God, and let people who are dead come alive because you stepped in in time and changed their eternal destination. Abba, strengthen your people. We are your partners. At times we are scared. At times we are shy. But God, may we be bold to proclaim your gospel to the ends of the earth. May we not be sitting on the truth that you've given us, but God, let it be like fire shut up in our bones. God, I praise you. You said if these will hold their peace, you would even allow the rocks to cry out. But God, I will not allow a rock to cry out in my place. My rock will not cry out at the University of Michigan. My rock will not cry out in my home. My rock will not cry out. God, for my friends and my family, God, I will be the voice that you desire. And may everybody who is here have hearts and minds and thoughts that are surrendered. Father, you can use us. You have made us, called us to be fishers of men if we follow. And so, Abba, we're committed to partnership. We lay down every crown. We lay down every wasted time. We repent of our busyness. 
We repent of our callous hearts. We repent of our indifference. We repent of just hanging out until we get to heaven. But today we turn our eyes. We fix our eyes on eternity. And we claim our sons and our daughters for the kingdom of God. Satan, you cannot have him. The Lord rebuke you and your plans and the traps and the schemes that you're setting for our children. But God, we plead your blood over them and let their eyes be open. Oh God, one more time. Speak again and build faith in us again that, Lord, you can do anything. There is no mountain you can't make. There's no one who is unsavable. And I believe that you will do it in time. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you for partnership. Thank you for preparation. And we submit ourselves, God, to your leadership again. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.